If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. We are proudly sponsored by Peanut, the app that helps you meet like-minded women who are trying to conceive. It provides a safe space for women to build friendships, ask questions, and find support. Peanut introduces you to women nearby who are at a similar stage in their journey. They provide access to a community who are there to listen, share information, and offer valuable advice. Whether it's learning more about issues that affect fertility or support following pregnancy loss and miscarriage, Peanut is a place to connect with women who understand. Here at The Worst Girl Gang Ever, we strive to open up the dialogue surrounding miscarriage and pregnancy loss. Peanut shares this ethos and we recommend downloading their app for more advice, information and support. You can download their app for free. All you need to do is head to peanut.app.link forward slash girl gang or find it in your app store. Welcome back to the second episode of our chat with Zoe Clark-Coates. In the last episode, she talked to us about her journey of baby loss. Um, This episode focuses more on how she's used those experiences to go on to help other people. So here it is. Obviously, we were international event marketing PR people. I'd gone back to work within weeks of having Bronte, which I had with Esme as well, because I love what we do. They accompanied us everywhere with works. We own the company. So I didn't even have to leave them with childcare. They traveled with us everywhere. Life was amazing. But I was acutely aware that we'd gone through something really harrowing. The fact that we would be grieving forever as any parent is who's said goodbye to a child. And there were so many other people in that position. One of the things we'd been told when we'd gone through losses, don't go looking for support because there's nothing good out there. But us. That was okay because my mum was a therapist. I was trained. I knew the whole process of how to deal with grief, etc. But I was aware that for so many people, they don't have that sort of support mm. system. And, and what do they do? And we'd never had funerals for our babies. And that was one of the things I really regretted looking back. And I knew so many other people would probably feel the same. So we decided to launch a not-for-profit division of our company and look to hold remembrance services. And So is that, was that the Mariposa Trust? Yes. So that was the birth of the Mariposa Trust. And, well, it was actually just called Saying Goodbye, which most right. people know us as. And we started the first set of remembrance services and we planned seven of them. 
And we decided to do them in the nation's cathedrals because it would put baby loss on the map. Mm-hmm. It would show people that these babies deserve to be honoured. They deserve to be remembered in beautiful buildings where historically they were kind of, if baby loss services happened, they were in the hospital chapels yeah. or, yeah. and um, only those who had gone through loss in hospital would even know about that. Yeah. And actually a tiny percentage of loss happens in a hospital setting, a tiny percentage. The majority happens in a home setting. And so where do those people go? Where do they go for support? Where do they go to say goodbye to their children? Thus the name saying goodbye came up. Not that you're um, letting go of your baby because they journey with you forever, but it's a place to say formally goodbye to them because everyone deserves a goodbye. Everyone deserves to be honoured and remembered in mm. a public way. And it's also a crucial part of the grieving process. A yeah. funeral is this, this ritual. It's a, a passage that you kind of need to have to enable your emotions to start to progress through the grieving process. But it's one of the things that a lot of people who go through baby loss are robbed of. So we decided to launch those as part of the company because of our work with the media and a lot of celebrities through our work. A lot of people said they would support us in doing it. And the BBC pledged to really support us with our work. Fantastic. And, um, and overnight it exploded and we became one of the biggest support organisations. Wow. And um, Women's Hour asked to record the first service and play bits of it live. That took it to an even greater height. The Guardian ran an article on us that we were crossing over from the corporate sector into the charity world. And they sold that article around the world to New York and everywhere. And that made the organisation explode even more. Fundamentally, don't you think that just shows how many hearts there are out there that are just like bursting with grief with nowhere to go? And that's just what you've done is just channeled it. And that's the most freeing, I think, the most freeing and validating thing that you can give someone. I think that's absolutely incredible. Absolutely. And the response was so overwhelming of gratitude of people yeah. saying, this is something I've always wanted and needed. And, and we were very clear in the fact that the work that we were doing on this was not just for those who had gone through loss recently. It was as much for people who had lost a baby 50, 60 years ago, yeah. but had never had the opportunity to say goodbye. Yeah, that is for men and women. Have the opportunity to talk about it then, did they? Absolutely. Mm, even so more true. isolating. So within weeks, our website was getting over 650,000 hits a month. Wow. And um, we were like, wow, we have stumbled on something here that was really, truly missing. And so we realized that we would need to separate it out from the company and apply for charitable status and make it a standalone charity. And it was at that point we decided on the name Mariposa Trust and the primary support division would be called Saying Goodbye, which is why so many people know us as Saying Goodbye today. Um, And um, yeah, the organisation just grew and grew. And we started lots of other divisions, growing you for those who are trying for a baby after loss, waiting for you for those who are um, going down the adoption route, holding hope for those who are um, going through fertility issues and, yeah. and many more divisions. And they all now come under the umbrella of the Mariposa Trust. Amazing. And, um, yeah. And so today we support over 50,000 people a week. On from that, incredible. I, got, I know I got 
offered to write books which yeah. became bestsellers yeah so I've just released um, a digital edition well the publishers have in advance it doesn't come out into the bookstores until November okay. right um, but because of the pandemic so many people were really struggling with being pregnant in lockdown mm. and also having to go to so many scans etc and appointments alone and they were begging for the book to be brought forward and I tried my best but the publishers were not having any of it there was no way it could be brought forward because so many people were on furlough and printing houses etc so there was just no way of bringing forward the hard copy but they did say look the one thing we can say we can do is if you permit it is we'll release the digital version so people can get it on kindle and on their phones um, in advance so that came out a couple of weeks ago um, but most people are holding on for the hard copy in November because within the book it's also got a journal and a place to record everything to do with your pregnancy mm-hmm. and everything which is like the most beautiful keepsake for people wow. on the other side of this um, so I'm so excited for it to come out it's my fourth book and it was the hardest book to write because I had to put in so much that still dealt with the grief of previous loss and dealing with the fear, but also in how to help people engage with hope and the fact that they're carrying again, that they're carrying new life again. And um, so it was so difficult to write, but I believe it may be my greatest work. I don't know. Um, What's the title? It's called Pregnancy After Loss. It, that is the title, great. It is. But it's also very applicable to people who haven't lost, who are just terrified. Yeah. So maybe people who have gone through IVF, who have gone through fertility issues and are then so desperately scared that their little one won't yeah. get to stay. It's also um, for that group of people too. Anyone who is terrified and... Um, it's an and needs time, help, isn't it? Whatever yeah, you've been it through. truly is. And especially if your back catalogue of history doesn't end up with a baby in your arms, it's very hard to then focus on the day you're going to bring your baby home if you've never had that happen before. Yeah. Or yeah. even if you have, but it ended last time with you not, your brain will naturally try and draw on the terror and the frightening parts because it finds it hard to deal with and Mm -hmm. to process so they're the examples it springs to your mind so even if you have had something um, amazing happen in the past and you have been able to have a child in your home um, if you've got any sort of history with loss your brain will naturally try and jump onto that rather than the positive experiences you've Mm -hmm. had Um, Mm -hmm. because we don't really give our brains a good chance to deal with the trauma and so um it tries to process that pain through any situation it then encounters so so wow. just tell us about your other books the names of them and what sort of what they cover yeah. yeah so my first book was called saying goodbye obviously named after the charity and um that is the perfect gift book actually for anybody who wants to send to somebody who has gone through loss so it's got 90 days of support and daily tasks 
Um, it's also got our personal story in and then 90 quotes as well. But it's um, a full colour hardback book and um, it's a brilliant gift book. So not only is it good for you to buy for yourself if you've gone through loss, but it's always the book I recommend if you know somebody who's gone through something and um, send them that because so many people don't want flowers. They don't want something mm. in their home like that. I remember a friend of mine who'd gone through stillbirth and she was just like, Zoe, why won't they stop? I don't want a house full of flowers. Yeah, looks I like wanted flowers. If I, yeah. And I wanted flowers if I brought my baby home. Mm. I don't want flowers in my home that are going to die, that are going to end up in the bin when I'm dealing with death and loss. Um, and so it was, I very much designed the book in the way, the fact that it would be the perfect book to give to somebody as a really compassionate, empathetic gift. Yeah. And the quotes so well are amazing. Thank you. I remember when I went through my first loss, you take to the internet to look for support and help, don't you? And the quotes are just beautiful. It just oh, kept coming up. Yeah. When, if one goes viral, I know one post, it was seen by over 5 million people in 48 wow. hours. And, and it, because when you um, see something that resonates with you and you are really struggling to find the words to describe what you're going through, it's so much easier to share a quote and say Absolutely. this this is what I'm feeling I can't yeah. find the words right now because I'm hurting so much but this quote tells you how I'm feeling so it's basically just gives people a voice because yeah. it, again it's just like you're not taught as children about loss and about how hard it can be to have children we're also not taught how to verbalize pain and grief we're very much protected from it we're not often allowed to go to funerals as children we're told it's not the place for kids to go and and all of that actually robs us as children to be educated in the subject of loss and grief which is something all of us as humans are going to have to deal with Mm, and I'm a big believer in being open with your children about pain, grief, loss, the language, because they are going to need that in their life at some point. They are going to need to be able to verbalize what they're going through. And that's why when parents say to me, I feel so guilty for expressing what I'm going through or my children are witnessing it. Am I damaging them? And as long as it's done in measure, obviously children need to see respite from that and they need to experience joy as well. And it can be overwhelming. But as long as you handle it well and um, give them times to play and times to escape as well, they are okay with seeing mummy and daddy crying. They're okay with you explaining why your hearts are hurting. And then you explain to them that mummy and daddy will smile again. Mummy and daddy will get through this. This pain um, will change. This pain will evolve. And as soon as you educate children like that, they become so less scared of experiencing the pain themselves when they get older. Yeah. Because if you you turn children away from funerals and grief and stop crying the minute they come in the room and stuff, it sort of reinforces the silence around it doesn't it it reinforces the fact that it's private or it's you shouldn't talk about it you shouldn't see it you shouldn't you know it should be very personal and stuff which is I don't think okay no it's not and and it's telling children the fact that you have to put a brave face on these things that crying is weak and um, you need to lie about how you're feeling none of which is healthy and I think we're becoming a lot more mindful of that as society now and with the rise in mental health campaigning the fact that the more you can be real the better and that it definitely expands into the grief sector the grief area as well the fact that we need to be honest about how we're feeling and show children how to grieve healthily 
the problem is a lot of adults don't know how to healthily mm. grieve so how do they educate children to do it and so again that's part of yeah. our work as a charity and as an organization to help people lead them through the grieving process so they are then able to lead other people through it mm. so that's my first book my second book um, is called the baby loss guide and that's a complete resource for anyone who's going through baby loss and also it's an educational tool so hospitals use it in training um, it's got two chapters in it on what to say and what not to say how to show up well and support those you love with care and compassion and empathy mm. and um so that those chapters not only help those who are supporting, they also really help those who are grieving because it's like, yes, that's what I need people mm-hmm. to do. And yeah. often when you're going through it, you don't even know what you need people to do. So yeah. if you can just like circle things in a book and say, please support yeah. me this way and yeah. don't say this. And, and I actually go into so much detail as if you say X, Y, Z, this is what they will hear. So yeah. could you instead say this? So it's not just critical. It's not just saying that's a bad thing to say. It's saying this is why it could hurt if you say that. Yeah. yeah. And here is something even better to say that just will be to, so much more empathetic. To develop an understanding, that's what we want to do is to help other people develop an understanding into what's going on in someone's head when when they lose their baby because it's not mm-hmm. simple is it and it's not it's not something you can just wallpaper over the cracks and go mm-hmm. oh i we we all know that that these people are doing it with the best intentions and they just want us to be okay but by recognizing our pain is much more helpful than telling us we're okay yeah. Oh, least, absolutely! You know, all the stuff starting with at least you've already got children at least you know you can get pregnant at least mm-hmm. at least at least they're like be okay be okay be okay but actually yeah. we just want someone to say this is shit and I'm so sorry and if you need me I am here absolutely and I'll stare at the wall with you there's yeah. no words that's going to rescue you from the pain so let me sit exactly. holding the tissues and let's stare at the wall yeah. and just know I'm there yeah. I'll um, get down into that trench with you and I'll sit there with you for as long as you need to. Absolutely, and hold a torch for you yeah. so there's some light in that darkness. And it's not from bad intention. And that's why mm. I, I always want people to know that. And I think it can be easy when you've gone through grief to become critical of those around you. And I completely yeah. understand that. I've walked that path. I know it. But I think it's also really important to say that when people say all of these things, it's often from a really good place and from yeah. a good heart because they, they can't bear to see you in agony. They can't bear to see you yeah. in pain. Yeah. And they will do anything to try and drag you from those trenches because they don't know it's possible, not possible to do that. Yeah. And so I think there's part of all of us as humans that we can't bear to see others suffer. And so we will try anything we can to alleviate that pain for other people. But because we do it badly as humans often, we actually inflict more pain. And yeah. by educating people, you can say, look, just don't do it this way. We recognize what you're doing. We recognize that you're trying to help, but actually it's hurting me even more. Yeah. So can yeah. you do this? And if we exactly. can educate really compassionately, it stops people feeling shame. Because if you're just going, you've just said the worst thing in the world and it's horrible, it can make people run away they won't say anything at all yeah and that's we know is worse the wrong thing yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's why it's really important that we educate with compassion Mm. and um, we show people how to show up well Mm. 
rather yeah. than just saying you're terrible for showing up because yeah. you've caused me more pain. And so everything I do and write is with that in mind that I don't want people to read something and just close the book and go, okay, I've totally mucked up here. Yeah. Um, I'm the worst person in the world and I should just keep away from my friends. I should probably because, just avoid them. Yeah. Yeah. And I want people to feel empowered, equipped, not feel the shame, recognize that they may have said something wrong, but we've all said something wrong a million times. Even I say something wrong and I'm trained in the subject. Um, We all can mess up and that's okay to mess up. We've just got to know when it's wrong, be willing to say sorry if we've caused more pain and then say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to support you even better. I'm going to learn how to support you well. And that's everything I write is with that in mind. Um, So it's very much a training manual, but it's also got 60 days of support to walk you through grief. And that's as apt whether you've lost recently or historically. So if somebody has lost 10 years ago, they can work through the baby loss guide and still work through layers of unprocessed grief where they may be still operating from a real point of pain, where they feel stuck at a stage in their grieving process. And it's also got loads of stories from different people who have encountered all different types of loss. So whether it be ectopic um, loss, um, miscarriage, missed miscarriage, stillbirth, losing toddlers, losing children through accidents or illness. Yeah, so that is the baby loss guide and um, is good for anybody who's gone through any type of loss, right the way up to losing a four-year-old. Um, right. or at any point in pregnancy at birth or early years. My third book is called Beyond Goodbye, and that's my first general grief book. So it's basically the baby loss guide, but for all grief and all loss. So whether you've lost a partner, um, a parent, a sibling, an adult child, um, or a friend, it has all stories of different types of loss of people sharing when they lost their wives or husbands, etc. It talks about how um, you can healthily move through grief. It shows you how people often will move forward to find joy again when in your darkest hour you don't believe that's possible and um, when people should get support and when not to again all things that I'm asked on a daily basis how do I know if I need professional help it leads you through all of those things and then it has again 60 days of support and quote to help people through those dark days of grief or just dealing with those layers of grief and that brings us to my latest book, which is book number four, which is Pregnancy After Loss, which we've already talked about. And, yeah. and that's my gift to any pregnant woman. And um, people keep on asking me, is it suitable for those who are trying for a baby? And actually the baby loss guide covers trying for a baby again after loss. But a lot of people have already gone and got the digital copy mm-hmm. um, and are reading it who aren't pregnant. And I'm like, but it's for people who are pregnant. And they're like, yeah, I know, but I need to know what's going to be there for me. I'm so terrified of getting pregnant that I need to know I've got a support tool to help me Mm, through. So, so many people who aren't pregnant are already reading it and saying it's just releasing them from that 
terror of thinking they're going to have to walk that pregnancy alone because now they know exactly from the moment they find out they're pregnant they can walk through that book and it will hold their hand throughout the pregnancy so it's taking away the fear of trying again for them it's Um, really interesting actually because we did a quote on our um, instagram last week that was every month i'm terrified of seeing a negative pregnancy test result mm-hmm. but I'm also terrified of seeing a positive mm-hmm. and I think it's so and it was very popular it was mm-hmm. lots of people it resonated with lots of people and that's exactly what you're saying isn't it mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. people are reading this book before they're pregnant because they are so anxious about being pregnant about yeah. that what's and and as you touched on earlier it's that knowledge in your head that you have experienced such a trauma and such a pain that the thought of everything going wrong again it's just almost too much for you to kind of comprehend, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's not even, for a lot of people on a data basis, it's the actual trauma of the waiting. It's the yeah. unknown. It's the, um, you never know what a day could present. Every time you go to the loo, am I going to be yeah. bleeding? Yeah. Every time you go for a scan, it's not necessarily something joy-filled and exciting. It's traumatic and terrifying. and. Um, nine months can seem so fast when you're you've got a deadline looming and it's just like how is nine months passed so quickly but when you're pregnant nine months can feel like a lifetime Mm. and when you're scared and you're frightened every day can feel like a week or a month it's just endless and so that's why the pregnancy after loss um book leads you through the whole 40 weeks of pregnancy And it gives you something every single day. So whether that be some expert advice from a professional on something to do with pregnancy or advice following loss, um, or it gives you a task and um, asks questions and then gives you space to journal what you're thinking. Um, It's got a gratitude journal built within so you can really focus on the positive parts. It has exercises in how to help you combat fear how to work with the worry and turn it into something positive and um and then it's got stories from people who have been through it so when you're feeling so alone and feeling like am I the only person that worried about that um there's a story every week from somebody and um, for some people I'm mindful of the fact that those sort of things could be a trigger mm. so where stories could potentially be a trigger they're actually in a different color in the book they're all in gray blocks so for some people I'm like if you're triggered by hearing other people's stories which it's possible Mm. just avoid anything in those gray boxes so it's an incredible source yeah so I hope it will just be the gift but that people have been asking me for for the past you know eight years where people have been begging in not only can you help us through the grief, can you help us through the next part of our yeah. journey too? Yeah. And this is the book I would have paid good money for um, myself. So I want to now give it to other people. And I'm really excited for it to be in the shops. Also nervous. It's always nerve wracking. I guess there's less nerves this time because I've already had the positive feedback because of the digital yeah, copy yeah. being out. But it's still nerve wracking as an author. Everything yeah. you do, even every quote I share, is shared with a uh, slight trepidation, especially if you're touching on things that could be a bit controversial. Mm. I just kind of sit there and wait. And, but I usually get a sense if something's going to go viral. I can write something and instantly know that's a viral quote and it will spread You need to come up world. with a viral quote, Bex. 
Me? Yeah, we, we need to come up with one. We okay. need something to go viral. <laughs> it's an we'll amazing work on it. moment. It's an amazing <laughs> okay. moment when it happens because you just feel that you've given somebody a gift to, yeah. to speak something that clearly really needed to be spoken. Yeah. And so it's a really beautiful feeling. And then you obviously get the hundreds and thousands of messages that come after that because mm-hmm. of people going, can I just tell you what that quote did for me or how it made me feel or it sparked this effect in my family because I shared it and then they reached out to me and actually we've now become reunited when we were estranged and yeah and that's it's, the most we, we get so powerful when we get that because obviously we have the uh 675,000 um downloaders every every week <laughs> don't we know it? Uh, and when we get that we feel pretty good about ourselves too um, <laughs> no but when we get messages Oh, slightly smaller scale, slightly. Um, when we get messages, it's the best thing that we get is someone saying thank you because mm. listening to your podcast made me feel less alone. And that's what we set out to do. Exactly. So Absolutely. when you get that feedback, it just makes you go, yes, this is why I'm doing this. This is so worth it. Fantastic. I just love being able to give someone that, you know. Yeah. And it's always about the one. When people say to me, do you, when you do writing or anything, are you writing for the millions? Are you writing for the masses or for the 50,000 people that the charity supports a week? Are you thinking about them? And I'm like, no, never. I only write for one person. Yeah. I only write for the one individual. I never write for the masses. I never write and think, oh, well, this will be something for millions of people. This will be shared. Never. I always write for the one individual. Everything I do is for the one person who's lying on the bathroom floor crying. Yeah. Always and always will be. Every service that we hold and saying goodbye cathedral service, people say, is it, would you consider it a failure? This is what the press constantly asks me. If the cathedral isn't packed, I'm like, no. And they're like, well, how many people need to come to make it worthwhile going to the top of Scotland for with the service? And I'm like, one. And they're like, but you don't mean that, do you? And I'm like, yeah, I mean that. Totally mean that. I would travel to America to hold a service for one person. And it's with that in mind, I think, if we can help one heart and one grieving person, then that is a beautiful gift. And um, if that can be then multiplied, that's wonderful because it's even less people who feel alone. And yeah. that's what I certainly felt like when I was going through loss. Yeah. I was that person sobbing on the bathroom floor yeah. and I'd have done anything for somebody to reach in and help me. So I know we previously mentioned the fact that um, I don't say the gestation of my children. And this is part of the reason of our campaigning of our work to say every baby matters. And when we launched the charity, we kept being asked, so what gestation were your children? Mm. And um, we realized that people very much categorized grief, that Mm -hmm. if your loss was earlier, you could grieve a certain amount. If your loss was much later then you had a full right to grieve and have your grief recognized and acknowledged. And people started saying to us, um, yeah, my early, my loss doesn't really count. It's not as bad as yours yeah. because it was so much earlier. And I'd spend my life going, of course your loss was as bad as mine. It makes no difference that it's not repeated loss or the fact that it was an earlier loss. You lost your baby. You lost yeah. your child. It doesn't it need to no be a hierarchy, does there? No, it doesn't matter what age your child was, what gestation your yeah. child was. A loss is a loss. Your pain matters. Your grief matters. And no one has a right 
to remove your permission to grieve because they believe that your baby died at too early a gestation to be honoured or recognised as being a child. And so me and Andy discussed that at length and said the only way we can um, move forward with this is by saying, well, we're not going to say the gestation we lost our children at all because it doesn't yeah. matter. And we'll stop asking you what gestation your losses were unless it's relevant to your story and you want to share it because it doesn't matter. If you're hurting, if you lost a child, you've got the right to grieve. You know, when people meet people for a, the first time and they ask them what they do for a job yeah. and it's kind of, it means you, um, I don't know, it gives people it's an insight into judgment. you, isn't it? It is. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's become really commonplace in the lost world where people say, oh, I'm sorry you lost. How old were they? What gestation were they? And it's our first first response. So it's just our way of saying it shouldn't matter. Brilliant. And actually, it's Mm -hmm. something that I myself have really struggled with doing this podcast is that we've spoken to so many amazing women who have been through such trauma. And I sit there sometimes just thinking, oh, you know, I've only had one loss. And it was before... You've got imposter syndrome, haven't you? I kind of, yeah. Just about, I just don't, I feel like these people are all kind of so much more worthy of sympathy and love and support than I am because I'm just here with my one loss. What can I possibly know? What can I possibly add to this situation when I haven't experience what they've experienced but when you say that it just even gives me the freedom to think yeah I'm here and I'm in pain and I'm grieving oh <laughs> just as much as everyone else you know absolutely and that's the message that everyone needs to hear and I think even you sharing that is really powerful because it shows the fact that that's what so many people feel like and I think the world often wants us to devalue our own pain and it's this, you know, self-depreciating and you're just, come on, let's get on with it. And what I'm going through isn't bad. And we should honour our grief. We should honour our pain and we should give it space and say, my pain matters. My heart is hurting and that's mm. okay. Amazing. Absolutely. Wonderful. Oh gosh. Well, thank you so much, Zoe, for such an incredible overview of your story and your work and your charity. It's been really, really incredible to, to chat with you. You're yeah. welcome. It's been wonderful. You're welcome. Zoe. Thank you for asking me. No, no, no problem, problem at all. It's and we'll catch up soon. Yeah. All right then. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week.